The Soda Pod is proudly presented by 7th Avenue Pizza. 7th Ave Pizza produces the highest quality, best tasting frozen pizza available in the market today. If delicious toppings are what you crave, look no further. Try the meat sauce pizza today because it wails, folks. Follow them at 7th Avenue Pizza to stay current on where you can grab yours today. Get you some 7th Avenue Pizza today. Now let's get right to the show. It was weird, Josh, by the way, that we're like not in the same state anymore. I know. <laughs> same with the yeah. other so. <laughs> It was way, it was Tef, way cooler. Tef, he's very there. glad that he's distanced himself from you. <laughs> You're a bad influence. <laughs> yeah, My had, liver also is glad that. I had three whole beers that night. <laughs> and somehow one in pull tabs. But anyways. Yeah, we don't need to explain it. That, that doesn't have to make sense. No. Some part of my brain was like, I'm going to end up regretting this. The fact that I was ordering two drinks. <coughs> I'm the. Yeah. Yeah, we all saw, we all saw it coming. It's like, <laughs> shit. I was ordering by the end of the night, I was getting double vodka, whatever. And that was, now, you know, that's never a smart move. I was aggressively drinking to get myself to a good point too. And then I decided I needed to fill that thing up twice. <laughs> Heard that. All right, let's get into it. <clears throat> From the wildwoods of Vancouver Island, welcome to the Soda Pod. Isha Dromi here alongside the state of Hoppy, Seth Topel, Josh Letty, and thank you for joining us wherever and whenever you are listening. Everybody, we have a special episode for you today. As everyone's doing, as every podcast is doing, we got to do one as well. It's the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs preview. And don't worry, we will lean heavily on the St. Louis Blues and Minnesota Wild uh, matchup. But before we get into hockey talk quickly, we got to make the rounds because we have we have a professional uh, drinker in Seth Topo with us. And we have a brewery owner in Josh Letty with us. And Hoppy, by the way, big shout out to Hoppy. Happy birthday. Back on the juice Back on the back on the beer there. So uh, let's do the rounds of what we're drinking, folks. Uh, we'll start with the birthday boy. It's not my birthday. We are recording well, I mean, on May first, and that is not my birthday. The day after. Um, potato, potato, birthday big, weekend. As as I pour my uh, beer bowl here. Um, oh, gotta thank Josh as always. Went out there for a, a birthday bowl on site, and <laughs> holy I did not fuck, realize it was your birthday it, yesterday. It doesn't matter because you're he just that nice of a guy in general. Provide that information. I, that's not information I want out there. That's not information you. I want out there. But um, what? Tell everyone. Uh, kind of leading into everything going on with CBC this week. 
what was that beer that I had that was one of the many collaborations that you guys are going to be sporting this week? Dude, it's, uh, it's a damn, damn fine beer, and I'm drinking it right here. Oh, baby. On a 16 ounce can, mind you. Ooh, this is like whoo. a. You can't really see the depth lines in there, but there's depth lines. Can. That's what I'm used a, to out here. The collab with Dimensional Brewing out or down in Dubuque, Iowa, right near the uh, Field of Dreams. And uh, this beer is actually named after Archibald Moonlight Graham. Better raise that up for the, for the folks. Hey-o. Archibald Moon, Moonlight Graham, who story was popularized in the movie Field of Dreams. And uh, Moonlight Graham... He's from Virginia, Minnesota. So that's kind of the connection oh, wow. to uh, Minnesota and the Field of Dreams and all that. And uh, yeah, this beer is a 7% uh, New England IPA. Mm. And we used, we don't ever describe our hops that we use in IPAs because I've, we've, I've run tests, right? We have people at the tap room, they're like, I, I will never drink anything with Sabro in it. Never, never. It's gross. And uh, we put some beer, you know, if we were to tell people the Sabra's in there, he's like, oh, can't stand that beer. So I stopped telling people about it. We just use flavor descriptions for the hops that we use. Because, I mean, how many times can you just see the word mosaic and citra? It's like, all right, everybody fucking uses those beers or those hops. But depending on how you use it, you're going to get different flavor notes from those from those hops, right? So we describe the flavor notes. And uh, he doesn't... He he loves he loves Sabro. He just doesn't even know it. Like I'm talking about <laughs> one particular person, and there's a few others out there as well. But uh, this has Phantasm, and we are talking about that. This Phantasm is fantastic, and it is. I was going to go for a better word on play, but it didn't it didn't come out, so I apologize. Uh, but Phantasm is great. Uh, Sauvignon Blanc grapes from the marble region of New Zealand and it is the grape skins pulverized into a powder and uh, you use the powder along with uh, hops and it can accentuate the flavor and boy oh boy does it ever accentuate the flavor yes yeah, so, and I mean so e- damn good Isha will always try and say like oh yeah like you're the the beer connoisseur I'm like no like the extent of what you just explained I would just sip the beer and be like that's fucking good. That's, that's, that's my tasting notes. Nice. <laughs> no, that that's amazing. Um, Seth, what do you got on tap? The professional drinker of the group, little blue moon, moon haze. Nice. Stinging a little bit today, and so I tried. Decided to uh, decided to go with that to uh, try to kind of lull me back. The good old uh, Belgian moon in Canada. Mm-hmm. Belgian moon. Do you guys nice know why? why do you know why that's the reason? Is there just some other like blue moon brand in Canada? I, I that's don't know. probably what it is. It's probably a waggle thing. Yeah, that, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. Because it was so funny when everyone said blue moon. I was like, what the hell's blue moon? And even like we were talking about it on um, the Hockey Podcast Network as we were looking for beer sponsors. And I kept like blue moon, blue. Moon, what the hell is that? It's like, oh, you have it in Canada. You have it in Canada. I was like, I, I don't think we do. And I was Belgian moon. Okay, yeah, exactly the same branding. <laughs> yeah, same shit. And then I got uh, one of Josh's buddies here. We got the Hyper Scream from Drecker. Um, Nordic double. One, yeah, kind of like Josh said, right? Like, just tell them what it is. Don't tell them how it's made. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, of course, vastly superior out of the bowl. Oh, I, yeah. I can't wait. I have a list of beers that I want to hit out of the bowl first, just because when I had that experience at Back Channel Brewing, you know, just, just the way Josh described it from just like 
smelling it first and just the whole experience of drinking beer out of a bowl is just so it, it's so different and I, I have like i have a lineup i got i got a roster um that i'm gonna that i'm gonna take in that experience with right off the bat different types of beers too starting with you know some of the fruitier ones lighter than hitting down going down to the heavier stuff so nice. can't wait for that i like your style now we're gonna get into every single playoff series here looking forward at got a pretty crazy first round of the playoffs but first Josh, some people might know, some people might not. Uh, CBC in the Twin Cities here this week, which, again, some people will go into tap rooms, be like, what the fuck's going on? Others are probably going to go to the tap room for some of the collaboration beers and the events, but fill everyone in. Just what's going on and what are you guys doing here this week? Man, we got a laundry list of things going on. I'm not going to, I can't, I don't think I can touch on everything because there's so much Fair. going on. You can refer to a social media post that we made the other day, just highlighting some of the events that we're doing. But, uh, our big one is on Tuesday, we're teaming up with Deutsch Beverage. That's the company that makes our brewing equipment. And uh, they're coming out here and bringing a bunch of, I don't know, a whole, a whole bus loads of people out to the tap room uh, from CBC on Tuesday. And that's going to be pretty sweet. Uh, we're also having uh, the breweries that we did these collabs with out. So uh, Dimension will be out there. We released another beer today. Uh, it's a dry hopped lager from Moore Brewing out of Huntley, Illinois. So that's a little, little northwest of uh, Chicago uh, by about an hour or so, give or take. Uh, I don't know officially, but I will know because we're going to go out there brew fest for their fifth year anniversary, which is going to be cool too. But we have uh, three barrel-aged stouts that we're releasing with Drecker, which is going to be pretty gnarly mm. too. Yeah, they are phenomenal. They're non-adjunct Not Not Farisha though. Not Farisha. No. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's gonna be pretty wild. We got free paddle tap rides for industry members, parlor <laughs> food trucks gonna be out there, brick oven bus is gonna be out there, and it's gonna be pretty cool. But at, uh, at what point do we become like known as industry members? Like, like when do we cross that line? <laughs> I think I consider you guys in the industry <laughs> for sure. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and then we have an event every single night downtown at a different location. Um, so it's going to be really cool. And the fact that breweries from all over the country and world are descending on Minneapolis right now as we speak, I think that's pretty sweet. Like after this, uh, after we finish this podcast, I got to go over to the tap room because uh, there's a dude from White Labs is going to be there. And uh, Mark, our head brewer, and I, we met this dude when we were in our very early stages of back channel. Uh, and he was such a, such a nice guy and took us into their facility in Asheville and just really showed us all around. And uh, he's going to come out and we're going to have some beers with him over at the tap room. So it's going to be pretty cool. I mean, we, we get to we get to highlight our brewery to people all over the, the country. And, you know, we're, we're lucky because people want to check out the lake and uh, right. we want to stop by a brewery on the lake. And uh, we're part of one of the bus tours. So people are coming out like on Monday for a separate bus tour. I mean, yeah, I don't want to get into it too much because it's, All it's over crazy. The place. Yeah. It's that's awesome, man. of action. So much fun. That that sounds amazing, dude. Now let, let's lead in then with Seth, because I know he was going cross-eyed with some of the more detailed stuff there with the beer. He's like uh, blue moon. Um, <laughs> but we, we got to lead off with the series that everyone cares about and arguably might be the best series of the opening round of the playoffs here. Minnesota wild clinched home ice against st louis blues high level seth where's your head out on this one i i think you look at what happened against the blues the last two times the wild matched up with them they were overtime losses in st louis 
and Wild are going to be fully healthy going into this series for the first time in a long time. So I think they got that going for them. I like the fact that they uh, they were able to get home field because it feels like these two teams are pretty evenly matched and that that can be the difference. But it, it all comes down to Talbot and Flurry, I think. If they end up playing well, then the Wilds, I, I think, have a great chance to win this series. If they struggle, then you got to try to get the offense to overcome that. I'm I'm going wild with this one, also because I don't really know if uh, Huso is the guy. Um, so I, I think the Wild end up winning it. It all comes down to the goalies. Oh, goalies, a hundred percent. Josh, what what are you thinking? Because you've kind of got torn allegiances here, I guess. If if we're being completely honest, yeah. Um, it's, we know it's we know Josh's true feelings on the wild. He ain't torn at all. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. If you go back to my, I, I, I'm a wild <laughs> fan now, though. I I really like this team, and you know they uh they're fun to watch, and you know I I have a lot of pride for them because I think they're a good team, and I really like Billy Garen. Um, so I have a respect for this wild and this wild bunch, and I like pretty much all the guys on the team and so yeah I, I am I am kind of torn uh I'm bummed that this is a first round matchup because it would have been fun to I haven't really been able to watch St. Louis play that much you know I've, I've never watched St. Louis I mean why would I ever want to watch St. Louis right why would anybody want to watch St. Louis I'm kidding until a couple uh, weeks ago <laughs> I was a big Tarasenko guy when he came into the league but uh aside from that you know Brett Hall was awesome back in the day, but just never really gravitated towards the blues. So I would have loved to watch them um, like over the course of a different series and like kind of get to know their players a little bit more, but you know, yeah, Nick is uh, my nephew and I wanted to watch him succeed and everything like that. And I don't know, my gut is like with the wild for right now, you know? So, so basically what Josh is saying is if one of the wild players will commit to bringing the cup to back channel, they'll pick the wild. <laughs> Otherwise go. he's got to ride Nick. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, I mean, no, I think, I think that it's hard. Or am I, pre- am I predicting who I think is going to win? Is that oh, what's yeah. happening right now? Let's, let's hear it. Well, who I, I think is going to win. I think that the wild are going to win. I really do. Um, based on a like a thing of based on percentages and and I don't think that St. Louis can continue to beat the Wild. Um, it's hard for any one team to beat another team, especially going into a playoff series. And the Wild has made some really solid moves. You know, we talked about that with, I mean, Delorier, Middleton, and Flurry. That's just huge. Those are fantastic additions and. Um, what's up with Fligno, by the way? Is he all right? Supposedly he practiced today and he's supposed yep. to be playing on Monday. Yep. All right. So that's great. And hopefully it isn't just uh, like smoke and mirrors with all that. And he really does feel good. Uh, Cause I think he's a huge X factor as well. I mean, if you, if we lost Fligno, that would really hurt our um, physical presence against the blues. Well, Tyson Yost is a good depth player as well. Like Billy Garen did a great job this season, getting pieces, you know, for a playoff run, you know, just in case they do face injuries early on. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they're going to start with Flurry in that. Um, oh, gross. See, I don't think so. 
I mean, I mean actually, All I should right, hang on, hang on. Raise raise your hand if you think Flurry starts. Josh. Okay. So the other three, we we're all thinking it's Talbot. Yeah. I'm I'm I honestly do. very torn. I don't know what to expect, but I want Talbot. I want Talbot. It's, that's I, the it's, thing. I think he Talbot deserves it, and I think he should get it. I, I don't. I'm, but know I'm worried that happen. Josh is right, though. I'm worried that <laughs> hey, we traded for this guy. We got to play him. We want to sign him next year. Let's get it going. Just Here's look it. at the home road splits. Talbot is sensational at the X, and Flurry is better than Talbot on the road. I think if you play Please it, that tell way. me we don't do that. Please tell me we don't do that. I think that like it's easier for us to falter with Flurry in the beginning part of the series and then rely on Talbot. But if we had to like if Talbot struggled early on and then we brought in Flurry, I think that would be kind of like that wouldn't work out as well. So if we bring out Flurry to start and he is just running his magic, then boom, we got a really nice situation going on here. And uh, it would be easier to, you know, insert Talbot to stop the bleeding um, if, yeah, Flurry starts. I mean, counterpoint, I guess. You got to think back to 2017 when Flurry was a big piece of Pittsburgh winning that cup because Matt Murray started, went down, and was out for a series and a half, and Flurry came in and stood on his head. Um, I don't. I think both these goalies are in a good headspace where like either of them can handle coming off the bench and being the next guy. It's just one of those things that like how much back and forth can we handle? Right. Like you can't go Talbot flurry, Talbot flurry and like not know or have any semblance of who your guy is. Like what, what's the leash? Like if you decide, Hey, we're going to play every other game. Well, Talbot got a shutout first game. Do we switch him? Okay. What if it's one really good goal? What if it's two really good goals? Like where do you start to delineate and differentiate who should be staying game after game versus we're going to keep this rotation going. So I don't know who's going to be the starter. I just hope that we stick with that goalie until there's a reason not to at the end of yeah. the day. I'm, I'm on the same page there for sure. And again, like I, I think Talbot has been the Minnesota wilds top goalie. He's been the one a all year. We know whether Kalkin is still here or not, this guy was going to get the start. And they brought in Flurry, yeah, to help, but that was just it to help. I hate when people are putting Flurry up on like Vasilevsky's levels. We brought in the best goalie in the league. He has to start. It's like, I'm sorry, you brought in an almost 40 year old to help you go on this run. There should be no pressure at all. If he's all pissy because he doesn't start, then fuck him. You don't want him for the next season to be part of your team. That that's that's my stance on it. I truly believe the goaltenders um you know are, are the same way i'm thinking the st louis blues take this one folks and i i've been very vocal about this on past podcasts i thought that you know that maybe nashville would have been the harder matchup for minnesota if they got there but based on what i've seen the st louis blues do in the final two weeks of play I, i'm convinced that not because of goaltending again i'm i'm confident with either goaltender for the wild going up against uh the the good goaltending tandem of huso and binnington as well but i really just think it's it it all goes back to center depth now sure maybe the wild have winger depth maybe the wild have again that that two uh that that two second line that two third line build which is really cool unique and has worked this season but I just think that if we're going to talk about true depth, true talent up and down the lineup, the St. Louis blues, they've, they've convinced me. And some of the players who I didn't, you know, who are off my radar this year, because like Josh said, who the fuck watches St. Louis, 
I started to watch them a little closely at the end of the season when, you know, you're kind of playing with house money. Of course you want that home ice advantage, but at the end of the day, you want to stay healthy and still like some of these depth guys that St. Louis have are, are, are stepping up and playing unbelievable. So I'm, I'm more leaning the St. Louis blue side again, not because of the goaltending tandem. Cause I'm obviously not really worried for the wild. I think both guys are going to be fine. Um, I know Fleury's, you know, basement is pretty low and we've seen him fall off before, but I think his mindset is a little bit different now. I don't think the pressure is going to be you know, as heavy as it was early in his career. I just think the St. Louis blues might be a little too much to handle. And I don't, and I don't know if the wild are ready yet to, to react. You know, I think some of them have been there before. I think Delorier and some of the, the veterans will, will try to lift up some of the younger players, but if they get, if they get peppered early, like if they lose the first two games, do you think some of these young players, this young core can respond? I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm leaning blues on this one. Hey, SodaPod listeners. Just want to give a quick word from our friends at DraftKings. They want to remind you that you can feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state or province, you can still hit the ice for cold, hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play for free for thousands of dollars with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now or Daily Fantasy and use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so we got Seth with Wild. We got Josh with Wild. How many games do we think it's happening in? Six. You think Blues in six? Yeah. Okay, Seth, what do we got? Wild in seven. I think it's seven, too. Okay. And I've gone back and forth on this a lot because – couple weeks ago i would have said like blues hands down we were opposite a couple weeks ago (laughs) was blues hands down a couple weeks ago too yeah and for me it's i'm still leaning blues and one thing i'll bring up i'll i'll pull in the nerd aspect here i don't know seth you should did either of you see uh brian bader or byron bader with his talk about star power essentially no. So this is a guy that does like a lot of prospect projections. Like he's the one you'll always see where it's like, this is how well Boldy and Rossi project mm-hmm. to be like NHL regulars versus NHL superstars. And he has some kind of analytic metric that he applies to players that come into the season as established true stars, as well as players that are having star seasons. And his basic metric on average to make the finals or to win you're looking at somewhere between five and six stars that season, right? And you look here in the wild have actually like outperformed a little bit, right? They've got four true stars by his model and seven star seasons. And one of the four stars is Alex Goligoski somehow. Which and he's like, crazy. yeah, there's obviously outliers based on how the model works, <laughs> but it's based on his track record as a pro. Don't, I, I don't know. But so that means we've really got four guys that are overachieving this year that to really be having star seasons on his model, the blues, five true stars, 10 star seasons. <laughs> oh, That's tied with the Florida Panthers for the best. 
And this is yeah. a team where like we've boasted our depth for a while, right? Like there's t-shirts, it's been fun, fuck Anson Carter, you know, the whole thing. But <laughs> the blues are fucking deep. They are yeah. deep. They are three deep at scoring. They they have three lines that are scary. They basically have the more experienced veteran version of Jewel Erickson Eck in the badass himself, Ryan O'Reilly. And I I think there's things to like about both blue lines. It kind of goes back and forth. But end of the day, I don't think that's going to be a huge needle mover for either team as long as they can stay healthy, right? Because I don't think either team has much depth defensively. We're pulling in Jordy Ben. That's a fucking problem. They have to go to their seventh or eighth guy. That's a problem for them. And I, I, Seth nailed it earlier. I think it comes down to the goaltending battle. And I think that when you look at Bennington, you look at Flurry, and you look at Talbot, all three really high ceilings. Like they can all win you a game, win you a series. They all have super low floors. They can all absolutely lose you games and lose you series. Whereas I think Billy Huso, who has the shortest track record for sure, He's the guy that was being fast-tracked and expected to be the guy of the future back when Bennington won that Stanley Cup. Yeah. He came out of nowhere, caught fire, and ends up going on a run. I think Huso is the safest of the goalies. He has a lower ceiling than all three of those guys, but he's also not going to be the reason that you lose games by and large. So I think he's the safer, more sturdy presence there, and just with the scoring power, with you know the star seasons that are occurring, I'm saying Blues in seven, but man – but let's all just talk a second about the centers for the wild, right? Because I've banged the drum all year. Center depth is fucking brutal. The way that Goudreau and Hartman have popped on the scene though this year, like I don't expect it next year. I don't trust it long-term, but the way those guys are buzzing right now and jelling with their teammates, am I wrong? Like it, do we have to start thinking that this team has at least some semblance of center depth at this point? I mean, they do, but it's just not on the same level as as the Blues. And I get it. I saw sure. our, our boy Brett Marshall talking about, like, you know, Ryan Hartman is up there. You know, he scored more goals than a Patrick Kane this year in some of these big names. And look, like, I, I get it, and I don't want to take anything away. And I'm not just saying it's all luck. The guy, the guy's fucking worked. Like, you know, to throw Vancouver Canucks example, it's not it's not luck that JT Miller is one point shy of 100. Like, the guy fucking worked. Is he going to do that every year? Probably not. But, the you know, the, the proof is in the pudding. What I'm saying with the St. Louis Blues is like the highs of Hartman, Goudreau. I'll leave Eck out of it because he's kind of his he's his own animal. But the highs that those guys put up, their peaks are like you know, neutral or the low end of these the top three centers of what the St. Louis Blues have. If those guys are playing to their best abilities or even just like, like I said, just like neutral. I think they're as good and better than what the wild have right now. So if you're just going to go head to head line line, I know matchups are everything. And when these guys get in the playoffs, anything can happen, but I'm just saying, if we're going to go by numbers, if we're going to go by the players comparison, you know, line matchups, if we're going like the top three against top three. I don't care who's playing who, you know, one against three, two against three, whatever, like the, the St. Louis blues, their, their talent is, is better. Yeah. I think, I think the blues have the edge in terms of, you know, the, the players that they have in their lineup that can score the centers, a big wild card for this wild team to have success is going to be how the grief line plays against that top line for the blues. If they can slow those guys down and if the wild can get scoring from both the Kaprizov and the Fiala lines, I think that is where we see a different result than what we saw against say the golden Knights last year. And in that series, you had Marc-Andre Fleury standing on his head 
in that series. So I, I think if the Griefen is truly healthy, if Felino is truly healthy and able to be an impact player, you, uh, you slow that top line down and then you, uh, you go head to head with the other two lines and uh, whichever team can score the most, obviously is going to win the series. And in that case, I would, uh, I would tend to lean a little bit more towards the wild if the grief line can do their thing. That's yeah, fair. Reg- regardless, I think it's, you know, um, the depth, like it's the depth that's going to win this series. I really see it being that the top lines neutralize each other and we see the random guys score. You know, that, that's, that's what I believe in this series. Like, and following like the Washington Capitals to the Stanley Cup playoffs, to be honest, it was the Jay Beagles and, and Devontae Smith Pellies that I remember more in the big moments that matter in the big games, you know, against like Pittsburgh, for example, and that tough series, than the superstars. And I feel like that's what we're going to kind of see in this series. We're going to see, obviously, you know, the, the, the stars go head to head and, and, and play their best hockey. But I think because they're going to be, you know, matched up so well fighting so hard that the goals are actually going to come from the ones you don't expect that that's what I'm predicting anyways. Interesting. I think, I think that, I mean, I think Caprizo is going to do his thing. And I think Fiala is going to keep doing his thing. Um, I think that a lot, I think if, I mean, we haven't even talked about really Fiala yet. I know we're talking about, you know, our centerman, but if Fiala gets cold in this series, we don't win or the wild don't win, you know? So he's got to keep that going. Yep. And I, don't know, I didn't mean to transition away from our centerman talk, but no, no, that's kind of like where, that's kind of where I was thinking at. And um, that guy's been putting up serious numbers. He's had a, I mean, his second half of the season has been insane. His last month has been even more insane. So it's like, if he can keep that going, I've been nervous to see if he was going to like dip off at all at the end of the season, because like we need him. And I think we talked, I was, you know, it was a couple of weeks ago, we we're talking about the importance of who's more important, Dumba or Fiala. I think I, I was, uh, I was on Dumba's side before, but I think I'm on Fiala's side now because look at what he's been able to do. And we don't even have Dumba in the lineup right now. Mm-hmm. So his ability to frustrate the other team and score goals and and play and make plays too. I mean, that's huge. He can't get sucked into um, his little, he has, I kind of think he has a little squirrely attitude sometimes where he can overreact um, and the playoffs can potentially bring that out. So he just got to stay disciplined, do his thing, stay hot. And that's, that's like what I really think is the big, the big X factor for the wild hundred yeah. percent. And he's like, he's getting tough now too. I saw a f- in a few games in the Calgary game and um, shoot, what the hell was the last game they played? R- regardless um, that players were going to hit him and they would fall as a result of hitting him. Like players are starting to bounce off him and he's not the biggest guy, but you could tell like, Hey, you know, he's, he's becoming a man now. He's not a, he's not a younger guy anymore. His, his body's developed. He's clearly like, he's got some something good going with his nutrition and his off ice work um, as well. And yeah, he just seems a lot tougher out there because before I don't want to say he would be ragdolled, but he'd be knocked off the puck easier. Now, whether he has the puck or not, like the guy, the guy's working, the guy's he's playing for something a little bit more this year. And I love how him, Deloria Middleton. I mean, we see the relationship with Zuccarello Caprizov. It's a fucking family, man. And I feel like that, I mean, and again, that could be the X factor in the entire, the big picture of the playoffs. If they do get past the blues that the they just room. have that, 
yeah, that locker room X factor, because let's be honest, every team that wins a Stanley cup, they have that. I'm sorry. They do. Yeah. Wilder something like 39, 11 and six when Kevin Fiala registers a point this year, just one point. And for a guy that plays every day, that kind of thing matters. Yeah, no, that's absolutely. And I, I would say too, like, Assuming health, right? Because we're not quite sure where some of these players are at. Zuccarello, Felino, like that worries me a little bit. But if healthy, I have zero concerns with the third line. Yeah, we all want to see Kaprizov come out and prove it because he kind of disappeared in the playoffs last year. But I'm not really all that concerned with the first line. It is that second line. If Goudreau and Fiala and Boldy can figure it out and put something together, puts the Wild over the top for sure. But I'd also flip the script to the Blues and say, you got Jordan Cairo on third line. That guy alone so good. could bury us. He is that good. And if he's getting the right matchups because of that, that's fucking scary. That is I could scary. See, I could see Cairo having a brain point like yeah. playoffs. That's what dude, that's what I'm worried about. We don't have that guy. You know? I think like, Fiala we're, we're, can be that guy though. But if, I, Fiala can be that guy, but like Fiala's already there. Right. You know, and that's echoes the one, back the one that comes out of nowhere. Like, oh, the amount sure. of stars that they have, like we don't have a guy that, that can go and do that. I, I always say I, I remember watching him in the World Juniors, and I was like, you know, there are a lot of big names on. There's a lot of big names on Team Canada every year, but I was like, this guy for being, you know, in in the O, not really, no one really talked about him as far as having, you know, a a, a lot of I don't know star power at, at the junior level. He was, in my opinion, I think he played two years, but that that one year, I think 2017 or 18, he was the best player in the tournament by far, in my opinion. Didn't all reflect on the points, but the guy was an absolute machine. And it took him a little a little bit longer to get to the NHL. I thought he'd be like a, a year or two after that. I think it took like three or four, but dude, he has arrived and he is he is something special for sure. Um, let's let's flip the script. Let's let's talk about some other series. Um, yeah. which, what other one do you want to start with boys? Cause yeah. like, again, this first round, it's a treat. Every series is going to be, there's a storyline to every series. At least there's, there's we'll, no dogs. We'll, we'll keep it simple and just kind of go by division by okay. conference, whatever. So next up and we'll let Josh start this time, Colorado, Nashville. Some people are saying it's going to be an absolute sweep. Others are saying that Nashville has a chance to pull this one out. What are you thinking? Saros is gone for a month, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. That hurts. They're yeah, done I mean, because of that. Yeah, <laughs> they, are, they are done because of that. Legit. I re- I think Colorado's going to win. Um, I don't think Colorado – I don't – oh, man. I think Colorado's going to have a, a, a couple games where they trounce them, but I don't necessarily think they're going to sweep them because Nashville's a solid team, right? They got some they're, – they're not – they're not going to – they're not a team that's going to get swept – yeah, but I don't. I don't think that uh, they're ultimately going to do too much damage to Colorado in the long run. And um, yeah, it actually kind of could even be a decent series starter for Colorado to like maybe make them into a team that can that can make the run. But ultimately, yeah, I think Colorado's going to win that series pretty, not per, yeah, pretty handedly. How, how many games? Five. Seth, let's hear it. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I was thinking for that series too. Five games feels feels pretty good. I think Nashville will get one at home. Um, all eyes, or at least a lot of eyes, are going to be on Darcy Kemper and how he does um, in net. 
for the Avs. Uh, so that that's going to be a huge factor. Ultimately, it's um, I think the Avs just they've got too much for this Preds team. But yeah, I I agree with Josh. I just I don't think it's going to be a walk per se, but um, I I think Colorado takes it. Oh, yeah. And I think you said there with Kemper, this is going to be interesting to see how he fares, because I think he's still going to take a lot of he's going to be active because, Mm -hmm. you know, Nashville, assuming their players who played to their fucking ceilings this year and Duchesne, you know, and the list goes on all all of them who are scoring this year in a point per game. I don't have their DB up in front of me. (laughs) Uh, Johansson, X, Y and Z. Um, If they can keep that up, then they're going to challenge Kemper, right? They're going to challenge the defensive structure of, of the Avs for sure. It's just without Soros, like they're going to get scored on and they're and Nashville's defense isn't, isn't the Nashville defense of, of past, right? That's long. That's long gone. It's very different. Now they got some, obviously they got Yossi and they got some, some decent guys at the top, but that's just the thing. They're, they're decent. Um, I think the abs too, it's, it's either five or six, but if I'm a betting man, I am betting on a fucking Nashville sweep right now. Um, because that's 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 how <laughs> that's where the make. money's at. That's where the money's at right <laughs> yeah. now. DraftKings gotcha. promo code THPN. Sorry. So what's what's your real pick? Not your bet. <laughs> oh no, I said uh, Colorado in five or six. Like they're. Oh, I'd need one. <laughs> uh, well, we'll say six to change it up. Okay. Yeah. The the interesting thing for me with this one, I, I just think it's going to be a really fun, like high paced series. When you look, like Isha said, there's a couple guys that are peaking right now, like good goal scoring seasons for the. The Predators, they've got some depth. They've got the physicality, which I really don't think that Colorado – it's not that they don't have physicality. It's that they don't deal well with having that kind of play against them. And I think it's going to be awesome to watch Yossi versus Makar. Like, just so much mobility and so much offense being started from the goal line. And it, it it's not often that you're going to see two teams that both have that kind of dynamic to them. So, I think it'll be fun. But, yeah, un- unless Darcy Kemper gets hurt, I'm going Colorado in five as well. If Saros was in, I might be saying Colorado in seven, to be completely honest. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. The, the, the way Philip Forsberg has been playing this year, too, he was the name that escaped me. An absolute, an absolute beast. What, 80 points in 60 games? Like this guy I don't is... think that's his ceiling either, though. I think for no, no, I, no, that I, good. Yeah, I just think he, you're right. He's just that good. And he's going to be kind of like what Josh said for the wild. Like he's going to be one of those difference makers for this series. If he, if they can shut him down, I don't think the rest of them can, you know, can get past it alone. Cool. Uh, so moving on, then we'll talk about the Calgary Canucks against <laughs> the Dallas Stars. Isha, we'll let you lead off with this one since there's so many players you're familiar with on the squad. Dude, it's basically uh, it's like a Canucks and Vancouver Island, you know, <laughs> series here with, you know, anyways, um, I think Calgary Flames sweep them. I think they're just going to, you know big, big dick swing and show that they are for real and that, you know, Dallas barely made it. And that's, and and this is why Um, I don't think Dallas has a defense defensive structure that can keep up with the flames. I don't think they have the scoring that can match the flames. They don't have the goaltending at all this year that can even go close with the flames and they're not as fast. I'm sorry. They're not as fast as flames up and down. The flames are are so deep and it's not that they're like bottom six or, or, you know, speedy players either. They're just so consistent. Their bottom six are great at shutting shit down, and there's some two-way scoring there. Their top six are pretty like they're they're not um, li- they're not liable 
for having any defense uh, lapses or anything. And they're very much, you know, the scores that drive this team. So I'm fascinated by the Flames this year. You know, kind of like what Billy Guerin did on the Wild to to fill in the holes that were needed. Um, I mean, other than a top center, but we won't blame him for that. The Flames, like, had what, you know, their, their core piece. They have the top centers, they have the top wingers, et cetera. They just identified, okay, we don't have enough right-handers, so we need to get a right-hand defenseman, and we need to get a bottom two-way guy and a, and, a, and someone in our top six. And he did just that. Like, and I it was like just... A foley, holy fuck. Dude. Well, yeah, and uh, Carly Yarncroc. And I forget the defenseman's name off the top of my head, but another right-hander. It was just like... Rasmus Anderson? Well, Anderson's had an amazing season this year as well. I like yeah. that guy. I just wanted to say his name. No, oh, yeah. Well, how about how about um, how about Mangiapane? the Hannafin resurgence, man? Well, and yeah. Mangiapane this year over thirty goals as well. The Canadian legend coming out of nowhere. And it's a fun name. That's a fun name to say there too, Mangiapane. Mangiapane. So uh, no, really excited about this series just to watch the Flames get some reps and stomp the Dallas Stars. Yeah, even if you don't factor in all the players that uh, that had fantastic seasons with the Flames, this series I have questions if Dallas can score on Markstrom. Like, first and foremost, without even taking into effect what Calgary's going to do to the Dallas goaltending, it feels like a series where Calgary is going to really try to kind of get the rest of the league to take notice. Yep. Um, just I, this one feels like it's going to be probably a sweep the flames defense are a bunch of monsters dude you got zadorov uh, and gubranson who by the way this resurgence of eric fucking gubranson playing like a second rounder not quite a first rounder um and then like you know chris tanov who oh look the guy actually can play when he plays a full healthy season holy shit and yeah and like marks from there on the back in between the posts it's insane yeah, um, I don't know, Josh. What are, what are you looking at then for this one? Is it are are you following the trend? Is it a sweep? I mean, it's it's going to be tough for Dallas to win a game. I I think it is going to be a sweep. I mean, you got props to Pavelski, you know, but like Pavelski is their leading scorer, and uh, Rupe Heinz, he's guaranteed going to be hurt one of the games. So <laughs> you take you take away one of the one of their top line players. You know, he's not going to play 100% of the games in this series. It's just... It makes me so sad that you're probably right. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks, all right? Um, So I just don't think that they... It's going to be like the attrition factor. They're just going to get worn down. And Calgary is going to just fire them out, man. They're they're going to... The flames are going to not flame out. They're going to... I don't know. Torch them is what I wanted to say. There you go. Torch them. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. I don't know. For me, I, I, I think it's five. I think Calgary wins in five. I'm fuck, Isha, I, Some might even argue that I'm bigger on the Flames this year than you are, which is crazy. Um, but I do think that with some of the players that Dallas has, like it's just so hard to win four straight against any team. Like back against your wall, game four, you don't want to get embarrassed or swept. I think one game it's going to have to be one of the games that hints plays obviously, but that first, that first line is too good to contain. I don't care how good Markstrom is. That line is putting some goals up. And I, I still think that one of the most talented players on either roster is Miro Haskinen. He's had a little bit of a down season, but everyone's Oh no. Now we're in the playoffs. Yep. Fresh slate for him. I want to see good. what he does. He's a game yep. changer. And I do also, uh, I don't know what I'm thinking long-term for him, but I think Jake Ottinger is a player 
that isn't going to win you a series, but he could win you a game. He has the ability, and all it takes is one. Again, I have zero faith in Dallas winning the series, but I think they get one game out of this. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, and then the last one, which <laughs> the, the teams that we should be playing against if we fucking seeded one to eight, this is a bunch of bullshit, but um, back to Seth, what are we thinking for Edmonton versus LA? Like, what a clusterfuck. <laughs> the weirdest team to make the playoffs this year, hands down, the uh, Los Angeles Kings. I think their expected goals this year, they were f- like 50 below what was expected for them. Um, and so, of course, it's going to end up that they go up against Edmonton with two of the best players in the game, and they're going to end up winning in six. <laughs> yes. This yes. is just, yeah. This series just has so much potential to be insanely dumb. It's going to be riveting games, but I just, for whatever reason, I feel like the Kings are going to end up winning this because you've got two players that you really have to try to slow down. I think they can do that. Yeah, I'm a, I, uh, I, uh, I like the Kings too, man. I think that Edmonton, I, I look at them as kind of like similar to Toronto where they're just going to struggle in the playoffs uh, in, in the modern, in their, with their modern team that they have right now. I respect Nugent Hopkins for playing on that team for such a long time. And, you know, they have some nice depth and I don't dislike the Oilers. But uh, they got to show me that they can, like, really be a winner before I can call them a, a winner, right? And I and I like uh, I like the grit that LA has. I like the youth that LA has. Like Dustin Brown is going to go out, fucking. You got to drag him off the, the ice. The, the, the first place my head in. goes after youth is Dustin Brown. They're going to play for him, though. That's the yeah, thing, because he's on his way out. Him. There's yeah. something special for that team. It means something more than just a cup this year. And that's yeah. what I think, like, Edmonton's not ready for that shit. They're not no. ready for that shit. There's so much pressure on the so Edmonton much. Oilers right now totally. in Canada and just NHL-wide. And I was that's... talking to my roommate about this, and he's like, well... Don't like, don't you want to see McDavid get there? Like, it's bullshit that like Ovi got there, you know, right away. Crosby got there right away as far as like going on playoff runs and being like a, a playoff star in the National Hockey League. He's like, don't you want to see that? And I was like, sure, not with the, the fucking Oilers. You can't get anything right for almost two decades now. Absolutely not. If you put a piss poor team out there in that you're just going to go top heavy, you don't deserve, you don't deserve to go far in the playoffs. And I don't think they will. When you have, atrocious defense and uh, goaltending it's you're not going to win. And I'm sorry. And I'm like, look, I'm not super confident in LA, but I'm thinking with that storyline alone that they're playing for Dustin Brown, maybe quick. It's his last year too. Who knows? I just think that there's something special there and that's good. That's going to put them over the edge. And if they shut down that top line, I know there's other scoring lines for the Edmonton Oilers, but they're going to panic. They're going to panic. And I don't know. It's going to be tight. It's going to be interesting. Or it's going to be like Seth said, it's going to be dumb as fuck. And we're like, what is going on here? <laughs> I just, I think Edmonton's goaltending is going to just be kind of exposed in this series. Well, their defense too. They have two really good offensive defensemen. They have Darnell Nurse, who bless his soul, is a, is a great two-way defenseman, you know, but they 
kind of damage their whole defensive core in that they can't pay any of them or pay any more of them because they put it all in him. So it's not his fault, but he can't do it alone. He's the only yeah. really, really like top defensive guy. You know, Barry and Bouchard, they're going to score, but that's about it. Yeah. I, I like, uh, I think Kopitar is a great hockey player too. And he's been know, there and yeah. he's playing well. Uh, I like Adrian Kempe. Like that dude's, you, people are going to get to know him in this series. Um, so yeah, Kings. I say Kings in six too. Yeah. Wow. Let's go. Uh, okay. I guess I'm the only one that's not going to pick the Kings. Um, it, I got to say, it's a bummer that we know that we don't have Drew Doughty for this matchup because that makes a huge difference. I'd probably be having a different conversation right now without him. They have the biggest dog shit donkey fucking blue line in the NHL. Like, I'm sorry. Ole Mata is probably going to be first pairing. And I can tell you firsthand, he's not a first pairing fucking defender. Um, that's, that's horrible when we're talking about going up against McDavid and Dreisaitl. And now that they've made some shifts, obviously with bringing on Jay Woodcroft, who has totally changed this team and how they've played, it's been night and day difference. I don't know how, because I think we're all in agreement that their prior coach was one of the better coaches we've seen. Like he's a guy that could take bad rosters and make them good. Yeah. I guess he just doesn't know how to coach good players. And uh, so with Woodcroft's emergence, I, I do actually think their blue line is better than people give them credit for. Uh, they've come a long way this season, although Tyson Berry is never going to make me that excited, especially when Bouchard's there to take over the power play for him. But now that they're playing three centers deep as well, they're playing Nuge as that third line center. It's just a deeper roster that they're going to score goals on this L.A. team. Like they, they basically need quick to be 24. 12 and 2014 quick for them to have any chance in the series in my opinion i i agree like there's good things going on for la and i think in two years they're a scary team they're not right now especially without their best player this season drew dowdy who was having a career year after everyone said he was washed i just i don't think that their lack of defense can keep up with what's going on over there even though sure you've got kopitar who i think slowed down a little bit he's a solid two-way guy though who can kind of match up then you've got the guy they brought in pizza man right isha pizza man <laughs> he uh again really good two-way forward i just don't think either of them are capable of sticking with dry or mcdavid let alone both and i'm going edmonton and six nice i think Overall, it's less about like the Kings being the better team because they, they they aren't, but it's it's those two other X factors. Well, the, the pressure, my thing, the pressure on the Oilers and the storyline of playing for their captain in L in LA. That's that's all fair. I'll say a month ago I would have probably leaned more to LA, but you can't argue with results. Smith no. has looked way better recently. His last ten starts, he's been killing it. If he can carry that at all into the playoffs, they're winning the first round and then they're going to get absolutely fucking buried by the Calgary Flames. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's going to sell some tickets. 